are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Ready? Go, go, go. We are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. <laughs> Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason.
bought with the blood, sealed by the Spirit. When the storm rises, we will not fear it. Beloved children, heirs of the Father, He is our trust, and our hope is stronger. Bought with the blood, sealed by the Spirit. When the storm rises, we will not fear it. Beloved children, heirs of the Father, He is our trust. Our hope is stronger. Do not lose heart. Our hope is stronger. Jesus is risen up. Do not lose heart. Our hope is stronger. Jesus is risen up. Do not lose heart. Our King has conquered. And he will overcome. Yes, he will overcome. So we will Welcome to Right On Radio, everyone. Hello, my name is Jeff. If you're new to the pro- program, excuse me, a little bit of a hiccup. Today we're going to be doing First Peter chapter 4. Well, that song was a heartfelt one, wasn't it? <laughs> wow. First time hearing it was uh, this morning, and I just thought it was perfect for today. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to do this program. Lord, I thank you for each one in this community. And Lord, most of all, I thank you for your word. And Lord, just as I, that song was playing, as I was saying the Lord's Prayer, as you know I do every day, Lord. The words really stuck out to me. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Yours is the kingdom that we pursue. pursue. You have power over everything. And in your power is glory because you are holy. Lord, the things of this world will pass away as your word explicitly tells us. And your kingdom will come down and be placed on this earth for a thousand years as your word says. Our hope must not be in the things of this world. 
Lord, we suffer through this world as this chapter, in fact, this uh, book of First Peter really talks a lot about it. And Lord, I thank you that you never give us a test that we cannot overcome. We don't always get through it perfectly. But Lord, our mistakes and our failings are our greatest lessons from you. And we give you praise and honor for that. Lord, I pray that you, your Holy Spirit will speak through me this morning, that your word will be clear for those who hear it. And Lord, that you personalize this message to meet every single person's need at some point in their life. I pray this in the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Let's uh, just jump right in to reading of First Peter chapter 4. Therefore, since Christ also has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same purpose, because the one who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of time in the flesh no longer for human lusts, but for the will of God. For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles. Having pursued a course of indecent behavior, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and wanton idolatries. In all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excess of debauchery and they slander you. But they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For the gospel has, for this purpose, been preached even to those who are dead, that they, though they are judged in the flesh as people, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint as each one has received a special gift. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do as one who is speaking actual words of God. Whoever serves is to do so as who is serving by the strength which God supplies. 
so that all in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fury ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though something strange were happening to you. But to the degree that you share in the suffering of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that at the revelation of his glory, you may also rejoice and be overjoyed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but it is to glorify God in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those also suffer according to the will of God, are to entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. You know, I have uh, gone through Peter for years, and I really did not realize before doing this study that uh, this is, these chapters, this is the book of suffering. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it says there's to be joy in it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jesus is our example. And when we read the story of Jesus' life in the flesh and how he handled every situation, he really gave us instruction on how to cope with everything that life throws at us. The circumstances might have different nuances. But
So let's just start with verse 1. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose. It's kind of an odd statement, isn't it? Jesus came here to suffer. He knew what he was doing. But it's Peter is saying, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves. What does it mean to arm yourself? Well, it means to be prepared. You're prepared for war. We do not battle against the flesh and blood. We battle against princes and powers of the air. And it says, so prepare yourself for battle with the same purpose. Prepare yourselves to suffer. I know some of you are going to tune out right here. <laughs> you don't like this. I don't. But it's the word of God. And it's true. We're getting instructions. Do you understand? Because the one who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. He conquered sin. He won the battle. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human lusts, but for the will of God. Now, Peter, you make it sound pretty easy there, bud. Um, we're going to have a talk <laughs> when I get up there. <laughs> we're going to have a talk. I know it's true. I know the Holy Spirit penned this. But there are human lusts. And I know he gives a whole bunch of stuff that are just, you know, obvious sin. But human lusts can be just the desire to be loved. How many of us do not feel love? Honestly, it's a, that's a pandemic <laughs> of loneliness and, you know, there, there's not many people, if you really are walking in God, there's not many people just by sheer numbers that are close to you. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong in your life, but I would say for most of us and from what I read in the chats and, you know, we're very thankful to have this community because this is a loving community. But right where you're at, 
many of you are not surrounded by godly people. And so it's it's hard. And that's just that's just one of the lusts. There's all kinds of good lusts. You know, even in the financial sector, you can lust after what is right. I want to provide for my children, for my grandchildren. You might be thinking, I might be thinking. But the problem is, there's nothing wrong with thinking that but it's when it becomes a lust. Because when something becomes your lust, it takes over your mind. We're only supposed to lust after the will of God. And that's not easy for most of us. I know there's some in the community they're at that point in their life, but we all go through uh, over mountains and into valleys. It's part of the walk. You don't stay on top of the mountain your entire life. (laughs) No one escapes this. Nobody. For the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles. Having pursued a course of indecent behavior, lusts, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and wanton idolatries. (laughs) So you had your time to do that before choosing God. (laughs) And the amount of time was sufficient. Some of you were born again at five and six years old. So, you you know, you had enough time before that, I suppose. <laughs> Peter, what are you saying here? And how did you know that about me? In all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excesses of your debauchery, and they slander you. Someone who came out of the world, the people who knew you when you were in the world, are very surprised and is a great testimony without giving words, just by living life in a certain way, a holy way, to be set apart. And they will mock you. But know this, most of the time, they will mock you behind your back, which possibly hurts more, and it spreads like wildfire. Oh, this person or this person, they've become one of those Bible-believing, Bible-thumper freaks. Yeah. But verse 5, but they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living 
and the dead. You know, I find this verse particularly interesting. Who are the living and who are the dead? Put it in the uh, in the in the chat. I know there's about a 15 second delay, but put it in the chat. What you think? Who are the living and who are the dead? For the gospel has, for this purpose, been preached, even to those who are dead, that though they are judged in the flesh as people they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. I think this is so deep. Verse six, we could probably rest on this one and do an entire study on it. I'll go to the second half while I'm waiting to see if anyone has anything to say about the living and the dead. But as we remember from chapter 3, he talked about when Jesus went from the cross and spent, you know, nearly three days and he made his proclamations, except here it says preached, which is interesting. In the last uh, chapter, it was proclamation, which are different. But in, well, there, there's holding areas, as we explained last time. I won't get into too much detail, but essentially in Sheol, because no one went to heaven before Christ rose from the grave, but people obviously died in the Old Testament. Some went into what's called paradise. Some people call it Abraham's bosom. And on the other side, there was this place of torment. And Jesus went there and proclaimed, he preached the gospel. I think that's why it used preached here. Uh, in the last chapter, he said proclaim, and a proclamation is a declaration, is a statement of fact. But he also preached here. And, you know, in that context, in reference to chapter 3, even those who were judged in the flesh and living in torment. Why did he go and make that proclamation and preach to them if there is no passing? And it said that they, they're not getting out of there. There's no escaping hell for them. So why would he do that to them? Because he's a righteous judge and they'll understand each person will know why they are there and they won't be able to disagree. It's not like you can say, well, if it wasn't for that guy you put in my life, he was a bad influence. No, you chose to follow him. So that's the living and the dead uh, in context of those who were no, were no longer on the earth. But I'm seeing something else in this. 
and it's essentially there are two types of people in this world saved and unsaved and i guess there would be a third for lack of a better term to say those who are unsaved that are destined to be saved but really we're going to say they're saved we don't know who they are i think some of us know that some of our friends and family will come we've had that blessed assurance from god but there are living dead amongst us right now people who will never find salvation and unfortunately that is the vast majority of this world it's a hard one to uh, come to terms with folks especially for some of the people you love the end of all things is near <laughs> wow it's kind of timely isn't it therefore be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Now, this is a repeat from the previous chapter again. Be of sound judgment. You know, this world will try to keep you off of your game. You can be pulled in so many directions. And I'm like here it says be of sober spirit, but it really means to be a, a clear thinker. And the world can throw so many situations at you in your life that it overwhelms you. You don't have to be involved in drinking. You don't have to be involved in the lusts of the flesh. You don't have to be in those things. Those demonic spirits will still try to overwhelm you by your circumstances. And what does that do? It limits your ability to pray. Is it any wonder that, uh, you know, these Sunday shows, I'll, you know, we end up getting three to 5,000 views consistently on them? You know, after about two weeks, a couple people are a couple weeks behind. But yet, you know, we have usually, sometimes more, but usually less than 20 people on the prayer call. Now, I know some people are international. The time isn't good for them. But the majority of our community, which is a loving community, one that, you know, I think is on the narrow path because you wouldn't be with us if you weren't. Because in this community, we believe the word of God is the final word on things. We can disagree on interpretation. It's okay. 
But when I see out of thousands and thousands of people, almost 80,000 subscribers, folks, and we have less than 20 that join our prayer. Is it because you're overwhelmed? Is it because worldly things are too big of a priority for you? I'm just asking the question. I'm not judging. I'm not qualified to judge. But prayer is our greatest weapon. How? Because when we pray, we hand it over to God. And God is capable. God wants to have that relationship with you. God wants to be involved in your life, in your battles. God wants to be involved in the lives of the people you pray for. God wants to be involved in taking down the strongholds that come against his people. And he hears every single prayer. Don't think because you prayed one time and God didn't answer your prayer the way you thought he would. You know, maybe you prayed for someone who was sick and they died. Okay. Doesn't mean God didn't answer your prayer. He did. He said, no, it's my will that this person is going to die. And that might seem cruel to you but it isn't to him because we live in a world dictated by time and time is a manly is a man-made creation folks. It's a measurement tool. God's eternal. He doesn't need the measurement tool. He knew we'd have it. That's why he gave us times in the Bible, but God is beyond time. And honestly, if we're made in his image, we are too. Simplistic way to say that. Verse 8. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. For some of you, that might sound confusing because didn't Jesus' blood cover all of our sins? Yeah, it did. It did, and it was final. But you see, when we exercise love, and for some of you it comes easy, for some people it doesn't. Um, I'm one of those guys. Truthfully, love does not come easy for me. There are few people in this world that I have truly, truly loved. But it says, and you know, I say it at the end of every show, love your neighbor as yourself. Yourself. 
and I'm working on it, folks. I hope you are too. But even within our community, can you really do this? Verse 8, above all, that's a standard, keep fervent in your love for one another. Can you put the busyness of your life and, and say, you know what? These things are kind of meaningless in, in a lot of ways. And actually, I'm called to actually be fervent and to pursue loving one another, even if some of us are somewhat unlovable. Can you do that? Can you show love? Love. Not just a ha-ha. What does it mean to love one another? And how does it cover a multitude of sins? Well, because when you're fervent in pursuing love above all, and I'm not there, folks. I'm just telling you the truth at this moment in time I'm working on it asking God to help me but when you pursue it you will be set apart and you will sin less actually covers I think it I think it prevents a multitude of sins to tell you the truth Be hospitable to one another without complaint. What does it mean to be hospitable? There's a reason why the commandments say to love your neighbor as yourself. Because truthfully, being born in this fallen world, we love ourselves more than we love anyone else. And particularly in this day and age, we have such a selfish society. But what if you were able to put the other people first? You are able. I am able. It's just not easy. You know what it takes? And it's kind of the key to the whole thing, folks. It takes willpower. You know how everything on both sides, folks, <laughs> serving God and those who are not serving God, who are serving the devil even though they don't even know it, and then ones who obviously know it, it's all about your will. Because God gave us, we live on a planet with good and evil so that you could have free will. You know, if, if there, sin never entered into the world, we could never have been like God because God has free will. And if there was never sin, 
It's kind of like you're just forced to love God. And by the way, I think the angels originally were like that. They knew nothing else. They were just kind of forced to love God. And it would seem to me that God gave the angels free will. And a third of them fell. <clears throat> so be hospitable to one another without complaint. Verse 10. This one is interesting. As each one of you has received a special gift. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. Now, I just want to point out to you here again, whenever I see grace, that's the power of God. Grace means power. It's the power of God. So what is that special gift that you have? That you're supposed to employ in serving one another. It says each one has a special gift. And if the word of God is the final word and it's truth, means you have a special gift. What's your gift? How are you going to use it? I'm going to go out on a limb and say many of you don't know what your gift is. So how do you find out? Well, the clue is in the second half of the verse in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. So there's all kinds of ways that you can serve one another. All kinds of ways. And you know what? And it's all under the power of God. Just start. Soon you'll discover, okay, that's not my gift, but you did it anyways. It's good. And eventually you're going to find out what your gift is. Some of you might think you know what your gift is. And you might be wrong. You might actually be gifted in an area that you've never attempted before. You know, it's good to try something new. It's good to try something new and to even fail at it. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Oh, it might look ridiculous. Yeah, okay. But there's no shame. I tried something. I sucked at it. Okay, move on. At least you tried. At least you 
did something new. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking actual words of God. <laughs> That's a heavy one, folks. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And when you're speaking to someone, you should be speaking as if you actually have God inside of you. And you do. If you're born again. And whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength. And now I'm going to supplement the other word, the grace which God supplies. He's already supplied it. So that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. God deserves all the glory. And I just want to point out to any of those of you who were dealing with the NAR stuff, how, you know, NAR wants to take dominion. We're going to go take dominion. No, you're not. The dominion belongs to Christ. We ask him to take dominion. You don't command angels. You don't command God. Who are you? People who do that. Read the word of God. I say that in love. Apologize, folks. I'm really not at my best today. But verse 12 is going to help. Because it starts with my favorite saying of late. Be loved. As much as I struggle with it, you know, I talk to personally with so many of you in the community. I don't just talk to the moderators and stuff like that. When people become active in the chats and stuff like that, I reach out and I try to, I, I do my best. Try is such a weak word. I actually put forth effort to love on people. And for me, it takes more effort than most because, as I said, it just does not come easy to me. I, and look, I just grew up in a house that, uh, well, every family has its own dynamics, right? You know, I had the most loving mother. So I have no excuses. I had a perfect mom in many ways. But, you know, the rest of us, uh, we, we weren't like her. <laughs> uh, but be loved. 
do not be surprised at the fiery, fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing. As though something strange were happening to you, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep rejoicing so that at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice and be overjoyed. Can I, can I just share with you? And I, I don't like talking about myself. In fact, like I know I'm a public person here on right on radio. I am the most private public person you'll ever meet. I am really a private person and to a fault, actually. But this, uh, this week in particular, man, I've been tested. I have been tested and I know it was from the devil. You know, a lot of time we blame the devil and it wasn't the devil. This time it was the devil. You know, I'd say the protection prayers. I do all that. But I know it was the devil because I've been tested in areas where I am strong. And uh, I'm being tested on everything I'm teaching, folks. That's the truth. I'm persevering through it. And uh, at times I've found rejoice in it. And I'll just be honest with you. Um, The testing I've been getting hasn't been the lusts of the flesh and all that stuff or debauchery. It's been in, well, stewardship related and I have a number of critical, what I've perceived to be critical situations that can have consequences for years on my family, on, you know, my extended family. And it seems that it's all on my shoulders. Uh, And and there's just so many, so many things. It's like, you know, more than a dozen major things and not trying to make this commercial, but because I'm taking that clarity stuff now, I'm actually thinking really clear. And I've always looked at a situation, gone to the end result, and then backwards engineered it. And so in multiple situations, I'm backwards engineering like years because I need to figure out every single step to get to a certain thing. And if I go wrong somewhere, how to... How do I know in this environment where we are? And it's been overwhelming. And through a sleepless night, and I know when I don't sleep that maybe God wants to talk to me, so I get up early and, you know, in studying for this, it's like, I know those things are important. They are. But what this chapter is telling me is, they're actually somewhat insignificant and meaningless and need to trust God more. (laughs) That's the truth. 
and where it says as though something strange were happening to you with the testing. Um, <laughs> it's true because I, I didn't expect it. It wasn't like the flesh. It wasn't, you know, those types of tests. I've been tested in areas where I'm strong and it, I, and that really doesn't happen too often. I am rejoicing in the fact, and I hope you can relate to this because you'll go through it. <laughs> Pretty much gospel says you're going to. But the thing is, when you solve problems, you actually get more power. And that's true in Christ. Because the more he can trust you with the stewardship of what he has given you, the more you overcome through Christ, the more he gives you. So I I know that uh, on the other side of this thing, however long it lasts, um, the Lord is putting me in a better place. And if you're going through some stuff right now, Know that it is for his glory, and it's because he loves you. Remember, Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And sometimes those branches need pruning, folks. He has to, and he disciplines those he loves. <laughs> There's a lot of pain in walking with Christ, and some of it comes from God. <laughs> in fact, all of it is by permission. Some of it comes by your own doing, make no mistake. But his instruction is to love each other and it covers over a multitude of that crap. The gospel is simple, folks. Why do we struggle with it? <clears throat> Verse 13. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. Isn't that sound like an oxymoron? <laughs> like, to the degree that you suffer, <laughs> rejoice! The more you suffer, the more you should rejoice. Because, listen to this, is this where it goes to? So that at the revelation of his glory, you may also rejoice and, what does it say? Be overjoyed. That's your cup spilling over. Overjoyed. You can't handle the joy. It's too much joy. You're overjoyed. That's what the gospel's telling you. It's telling me. That's a promise of God. It's in his word. You'll be overjoyed. Be loved. Know that you're loved by Christ. And I pray you know that you're loved by me and by others in this community. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. That is true. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Hallelujah. Make sure that none 
of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. So in other words, and those are harsh examples, obviously, but you know, there you can just you can suffer by going out and being a liar, which is probably more common than being a thief or a murderer. But just being a liar, when you get caught in a lie, man, it's a it's a terrible thing. And when you lie, you know, you know how much how many lies you have to tell to service a lie? I think most of you are past that, and you know, telling a lie isn't good, but Sometimes even the little white lies do sneak in there. It's true. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but it is to glorify God in his name. So to suffer is to glorify God. Well, glory, glory, glory. God, I'm shining a light on you this week. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? All right, let me stick on this one for a moment. Excuse me. <clears throat> this verse is used a lot in saying the judgment is for the household of God first. And it's true. But it's usually said, particularly in the last few years, you know, the false church is going to be judged first. It says right here. It doesn't say the false church of God is going to be judged first. It says we are going to be judged first, his household. When you became born again, you came into his household. The false churches really aren't of his household. They're false. So judgment begins with us. What does that mean? Judgment is usually used in the context of you are being judged by God. You're going to go up or you're going to go down. You're going to go to hell or you're going to go to heaven. But I want to be explicitly clear on this and I know that I know this is right for you. So listen up. born-again Christian, your judgment is not heaven or hell. Even you can't mess it up. As much as we try sometimes. 
your judgment will be for essentially what your position is. You know, how many crowns will you receive when you stand in front of God? There, listen, uh, <laughs> heaven has a hierarchy. You know, there's a banqueting table. Some people are sitting at the table. Some people are serving the table. I'm just using that as an example. Um, I think because you're the bride of Christ, you're sitting at the table, but I'm just using it as an example. Some people will be put in charge of cities and some people will serve the people who are put in charge of those cities. That's the judgment that you go through. Okay? So, that's why, and look, I know it. I'm a long-term thinker, folks. I want a good possession. There are things that pass from this life and go to heaven. Winning souls for the kingdom is one of them. Doing good deeds. Those are righteous treasures. Loving one another is righteous treasure that goes with you beyond the grave. But it begins with us first, and what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Well, you're just... It's not going to be as good for you. It's still going to be great. It's still heaven, folks. It's still great. <laughs> and if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Well, their judgment is different than our judgment. By the way, this just came to me, perhaps the Holy Spirit moment. Why are we judged first? Because we will witness those who did not choose God. We will witness their judgment. Wow. I pray that's right. Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God are to entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. You know, the fact that Peter, or the Holy Spirit, puts in faithful creator. It's, it ties right in with kingdom, power, and glory, doesn't it? He is faithful because God is unable to break his word. He can't. He has free will, and he can't break his word. It's just not who he is. 
and he is faithful and he's given you brothers and sisters many many promises and he is faithful and true to each one of those and the fact that it says faithful creator reminds you of who he is he created everything every single molecule in this world and outside of this world in this dimension and in however many other dimensions there are. And he's outside of it all. He created it. He holds it in his hands. And in some cases, he puts it under his foot. Glory be to God. Hey, thank you for being here, everyone. Um, just a reminder, this is a listener-supported show. I just ask that you prayerfully consider if it's right uh, to support Right On Radio. I appreciate all of you. Oh, you know what? I almost forgot. I, uh, I said last week that I would pray for anyone who needs prayer. Uh, you got to do it quick because I'm over time. I didn't expect to go this long. And uh, not in the best place to pray, but God's grace is sufficient. And my faith is still very strong. Make no mistake. Just kind of uh, got beaten up a bit this week. Put your uh, prayer request in all caps. And I'll uh, just kill a minute or two. Um, in fact, one of the things I'll just say to you while I'm waiting to see if anyone, I'm only going to give it one minute, folks. I'll close in prayer, a general prayer for everyone. But have you seen what people in the World Economic Forum are saying now? They're, uh, they're saying we didn't learn our lesson and they not enough people got the hokey pokey. <laughs> And they're saying not enough people fell for, you know, the weather stuff and, and, uh, they're not falling for this. So they're going to come after your water and they already are like, look at the train derailments and all this stuff that's going on. Um, they're coming after your water and water is the, you know, it's our life source. We can live without food for well, 40 days apparently, but uh, can't live without water. There's some really inexpensive ones. If you go on to like preparedness uh, websites, there's ones where you can drink out of river water and it purifies and stuff. And there's some pretty good ones out there. Um, I don't advertise this because I, well, first of all, I'm just going to tell you, we have a machine in our home. I've mentioned on here a couple times before it's a, it's called a living water machine and it's an alkalizer, but it also purifies the water. Like one third of the water that goes through, it gets thrown away. And, uh, it really changed my wife's and my life. And we've bought one for family members as well. 
Um, I don't advertise them really because they're, uh, they're, they're a couple thousand bucks folks, but the machines will last a lifetime. Uh, we've had ours, you know, I think 15, 10 to 15 years. Anyways, it's been a long time. I'd say closer to 15 years. And even before that, my wife used to get, uh, she had a lot more, uh, sickness and stuff in her life. And, you know, there's a whole thing about alkalized water and, and stuff like that, but it also purifies it. And, and we actually put away jugs and store away some of this water, probably not enough, but we have some, uh, that we could ration if we needed to, um, if you're interested in one of these machines, I actually have a dealership of it. I, I really only use it for friends and family, but I will sell it to you for less than what they sell it for on the internet. And, uh, and it'll just go get delivered right to your door. But bear in mind that there are a couple thousand bucks folks. Um, is a couple thousand bucks worth it for your water? Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, that's why I did it. Uh, I looked at all the options and this was the best option for me. So um, that's something to prayerfully consider as well. All right. I'm just going to look at chat. I don't see anything in all caps. Nope. I don't see anything. So I'll just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message today, Lord. I thank you for the reminder of how important it is that we actually love one another. And Lord, when, when I hear that, I have the personal conviction of it's one thing to be kind to one another, but love is such a deep word. And Lord, you are love. God, you are love. And your love is in us. So Lord, I pray that your love in us comes even more alive. Lord, I pray that I boldly ask you, Lord, to prove your word to be true in each one that is praying along with this prayer. Lord, we don't come, we don't command. We come before our king, but we ask that you prove that we are capable of it by your Holy Spirit and glory to God. I pray, Lord, that you use this community to bring us so far above being kind that the world will say, how is it that these people are able to love so much? Lord, you put it in your word for a reason. And that's why I ask you for each one and let our love conquer the multiple sins 
and enable us to serve in the joy of the Lord in your multifaceted grace. I pray for each one that is praying along with this. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, uh, from Facebook, uh, the water machine, the brand is Volara, and the machine is called Living Water. And uh, if you email me at writeonjeff uh, at gmail.com, writeonjeff at gmail.com, I can send you the website and the information and you can actually order. I would have to take your credit card number and stuff. You'd have to trust me with that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, for the water thing. Uh, thanks for being here, everyone. <laughs> ah, I'm being told to go get a haircut. Interesting. Just let me uh, let me address that. Uh, yeah, no, it, it says, but I think when you really study the scripture, it's um, because it doesn't say what hair length is unacceptable. What's long? Is it, you know, shoulder length? Is that too long? What is too long? I think really what the scripture is, and maybe I'm just justifying and I could be proved wrong. I'm open to that. But what I think it's actually meaning is vanity. Is your hair vanity to you? That's what I think it means. But I appreciate it. Uh, listen, I uh, I can I can take it. And uh, that's a wonderful thing that you love me enough to put that in there. God bless you. In the meantime... Remember to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and that will make a difference in your community.